Greetings, Earthlings. Welcome to the very first episode of Chapters and Cupcakes. It is I, your host, the same host from every other segment on this channel, <laughs> Marcus the Multi-Tapper. I'm kind of excited about this segment for a couple reasons. One, it's that I'm one step closer to reading to y'all. And I know a lot of people have been asking me about that and they're interested in that. So I'm, I'm edging a little closer to it. <laughs> I've, I've been warming up to it and working on my techniques. So, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely happy about that. And four is that I'm reading more overall and working through this growing book collection. I have <laughs> audio books and, you know, physical books. So it's nice to know I'm making progress considering everything I'm doing right now and everything I have going on around me is definitely reassuring and helpful to you internally when you get to experience those small victories. Whether that's finishing a book, finishing a puzzle, which I'm also doing, <laughs> making time to do something other than your regular adult responsibilities, like that stuff is important too remember that. I've noticed when it comes to books, my genre of preference seems to be nonfiction. There's something about it that keeps me locked in a lot longer. I am a fiend for information, like I'm a sponge like a child. So when I find a subject I love or I'm very interested in or curious about, I feed my brain like Pac-Man <laughs> and pretty soon I'm reciting useless information that no one's asked for. <laughs> but I am very much a dreamer and I have a very vivid imagination and I'm an artist. I definitely still appreciate the book versions of my favorite movie genres like sci-fi, fantasy, horror, etc. So today I want to highlight three books. None of these are new. I'm not sure how that works in the book world. <laughs> like, I feel like books don't age the way other media does, like movies. Of course, you have your classics, like you have your classic books, classic films, classic albums. But I could recommend a great book series that may have never been a bestseller. I'm not saying you can't do that with movies and music. Those avenues just seem more controlled because of how much easier they are to be consumed by the masses. Like, a best-selling book will be popular with book readers, but a best-selling album, music album, will be popular with everybody, even the book readers. There will be some spoilers, <laughs> because I ramble a lot, and y'all know that, and sometimes I say too much, and... I never really know what someone else considers a spoiler, with the exception of the obvious, like, I'm not going to give away the ending. But some people, like even me sometimes, may want to know as little, they want to know as little about the subject as they possibly can going in, and that's completely understandable. So I'll make sure to not keep that in mind, and I'll violate that as much as possible. <laughs> But seriously, you know, I'll, I'll definitely try to keep it in mind that um, try not to give too much away, basically. So my three books, one, The Accidental Billionaires by Ben Mesrick, two, Stir of Echoes by Richard Matheson, 
and three, Ready Player One by Ernest Cline. I was inspired to read all three of these books because I'm a huge fan of all three of these movies. Like, y'all know how much I love to watch movies. So a lot of times that's where my curiosity and interest to dig deeper comes from. Like I'll watch a documentary and get very into a case, but whatever I'm watching may barely scratch the surface. And then I turn into a hamster running through a maze. Like, I I, got to find that cheese. I got to know more. Like, I got to know everything about it. I love all three of these books, and I love the movies that came from them as well. I don't think I'm one of those, the book is better people, unless the movie is just an atrocity. And I won't even seek out the book if that's the case. (laughs) That's not the case for these three subjects, though. Starting with the accidental billionaires, for those that don't know, this book is based on Mark Zuckerberg's partner, Eduardo Saverin. This is his account of the rise of the monolith we now know as Facebook. Eduardo was the first official CFO of what was known at the time as the Facebook. He basically financed the startup project for Mark Zuckerberg He put up a lot of money that Mark didn't have at the time. He didn't do any of the programming or coding. He was just the business end of it. The book isn't written from his perspective, but when he was squeezed out of the company, this was the story he sold to the author, apparently. So, you know, there's three parts to every story. There's your side, their side, and there's the truth. I described the basis of this book like that for a reason. There may or may not be some inaccuracies in this book because, of course, it's just one person's side. This isn't a a collaboration. For the most part, it's still a very good read. I love this book. I love the movie. I forced the movie on a few of my friends. (laughs) I was actually mad and like, taken back and appalled when a couple of my friends said it was boring (laughs) hi justine hi turtle they probably don't even remember that (laughs) but i love all the tech startup company stories like silicon valley is one of my most favorite shows ever i was just so into the story that at the time i couldn't fathom like How could you spend so much of your day on this application and not want to know, like, how this came about? Facebook got so big in a small amount of time. Like, how could you not be into this story? But people are definitely allowed to like and dislike whatever they want. Some people want to be entertained and not educated by media. Not saying that was the case with those friends. I was just a young and dumb nerd. (laughs) That was just, you know... You know how it is when you show somebody something that you're very into, like you want somebody to see a movie or hear a new song and like how you feel when like they don't get as excited about it as you are. Like it was just one of those moments for me. (laughs) But anyway, I highly recommend this book and I highly recommend the movie for all of those out there listening to this that might be interested in the beginnings of the Facebook Stir of Echoes. 
I've referenced this film a lot to people when I've spoken about my natural born gifts and abilities, but I'll get into that in another Can We Talk About episode. <laughs> but it wasn't until like, it wasn't until about my 23rd time watching this movie <laughs> that I realized it was based on a book. So I immediately pulled it up when I found out, when I like actually got to the credits and read it and saw it was based on the book. I found out there's this audiobook for it also. At the time, I had just started an Audible trial and I jumped right on it. Like, that's what I use my free credit for. So, I'm very, I'm so very familiar with the movie that I might summarize this a bit wrong. So, please forgive me if I do. But this book is basically about a family, a man, his wife, who's actually pregnant, and their infant son. And one night at a friendly get-together with the neighbors, the main character volunteers to be hypnotized by one of their other friends. As you may or may not know, hypnotism is solely based on your will. You have to want to be hypnotized in order for it to work. You have to open your mind. And once you actually become hypnotized, it's not always the circus act that we see on TV like quack like a duck. It's been used to solve crimes and unlock suppressed memories that you didn't even know you had. But anyway, so soon after being hypnotized, the main character starts to experience these hallucinations, seeing things that may or may not be there, having very detailed dreams of things that haven't happened and will later take place, getting flashes of critical information about events that took place in the house that they're currently renting, and realizing something happened something happened in that house that no one told them about and he's determined to figure out what it is what is this thing that's trying to contact him what what did i open my mind up to it sounds like a horror story but in my opinion it's more suspense and fantasy even like even the way the film was marketed it was marketed as a horror story and it has some creepy moments but i think it's a very good suspense story. The book does a better job at making that point because there's a lot that goes on in the main story that's not directly connected to the main characters seeing ghosts and having these jump scare encounters. I like this book a lot. And of course, I like the movie a lot starring Kevin Bacon, one of my favorite actors, the child actor they used to play his son is older in the movie and plays a bit of a bigger part in the movie than he does in the book but he's a really good child actor i definitely recommend both if you're into that kind of thing which if you're listening to this you better be <laughs> no i'm just playing last but certainly not least ready player one by ernest klein as i mentioned earlier I heard about this book and I remember seeing it on shelves when I would take like weekly trips to Barnes and Noble on my days off back when I worked at the hospital. I'm not sure why I didn't buy it then. <laughs> I'm not sure what took me so long to read this, but I love this cussing book. <laughs> it's 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 basically like if I wrote a book today, this is what it would be. Like it's it's that's the only thing I didn't like about it. Like somebody beat me to it <laughs> in another lifetime. I'm rich off of this book, <laughs> but brief synopsis. Ready Player One is about a high school kid 
or a soon-to-be high school graduate kid named Wade Watts, who's your stereotypical nerd. He's out of shape, spends all of his time playing video games, not interacting with the public or reality at all. Wade Watts and really the rest of the world in this version of the future that this book takes place in spend all their times in this fully immersive simulation known as the Oasis created by James Holiday. James Holiday was a reclusive social misfit who loves 80s pop culture and spent all of his time in his office creating video games and his greatest creation which is the Oasis with his partner Ogden Morrow. They're like Steve Jobs and Steve Wozniak. And if you don't know who they are, then shame on you. <laughs> no, but you see, that's that nerd in me again. But Steve Jobs and Steve Wozniak are, to simply put it, they basically created Apple. Anyway, James Holiday died. That's not a spoiler. That happens like on the first couple pages of the book. It happens before the title screen even comes up in the movie, like it's the preface for the story. Before he passed away, he left an Easter egg in the Oasis. I could go into a long tangent about Easter eggs, but I'm gonna try to keep it simple. Easter eggs are basically small surprises video game designers and developers use or put into video games that you don't see in plain sight. I mean, obviously Easter egg, so it comes from like Easter egg hunt, but no one knows about it unless you just happen to find it or happen to stumble upon it. Like, it's usually not a selling point for the game. It's not in the manual. It's not marketed. It's not a part of the quest. It's a complete surprise and, you know, just a, a, a wink, basically. The first ever Easter egg in video game history which is highlighted in this book and in the movie, was on the Atari 2600. It was a game called Adventure. Back then, developers didn't get credit for their work. So this game creator decided to place an Easter egg in the game. There's a moment or a point in the game. If you take the player character to this specific point and pick up what seems like this random pixel and you carry it to another specific point in the game, the creator's name will appear on the screen in like blinking lights. It's really kind of cool. You'll see it in the movie. But, but again, the game is called Adventure by Warren Robinette. Anyway, so James Holiday placed his own version of an Easter egg in the Oasis. The first person to find the Easter egg will inherit total control of the Oasis and James Holiday's fortune, which is like half a trillion dollars. Chump change, I know. <laughs> Don't get it twisted though. This story is like not all about video games and nerd culture. It's a love story. It's a story about friendships. There are some themes and a lot more to take away from this than just a huge nostalgia trip. Me being into nerd culture, I was like, right there every step of the way <laughs> like I was talking to the character Wade Watts like listening to this book I was like duh like that's obvious like dude how could you not have figured that out <laughs> so I could have easily been one of the characters in the story I was actually able to take something from the story and I appreciate that a lot I also cussing love the movie 
a whole cussing lot. <laughs> this is one of those book movie combos that I heard a lot of people saying, oh, the book was better. The book was better. In my honest opinion, the movie, even though I would have done it a lot different after reading the book, like one of the things, for example, I would have done is I would have made it a trilogy, a three parter, because the book is broken up between like levels level one two three etc but the movie still does a great job at capturing the spirit of the book and i think that's the most important thing yeah the story is condensed to fit a normal movie runtime but it doesn't take away like i get the same vibes and feeling when i watch the movie as i did with this book as a matter of fact the day i finished the book I watched the movie again <laughs> that night. So I highly, highly recommend this book. If you're a nerd, you'll appreciate it more. There are moments in this book, though, where I could tell like non-nerds would be bored by it. <laughs> but I still I loved every bit of it. So those are my three books and three movies. Apparently, <laughs> y'all got a bonus today for this, this first episode special. <laughs> It's summertime, and for today's flavor of cupcake, I want to go with the bright cupcake flavor. This flavor was heavily favored and requested to me by my good friend, Hi Tiffany, who I'm probably responsible for putting at least 50 pounds of weight on her. <laughs> I'm sorry, and I love you, but... I think I made her cupcakes for her birthday. I, I think this is I think this is where this the idea for this cupcake came from. But she, you know, I asked her, you know, what she had a taste for, like special requests, whatever it is, I'll make it. And she passionately said, "You know what'll taste good? I want a strawberry cupcake with lemon icing." And I was like, ooh, strawberry lemonade cupcake. <laughs> I like that idea. <laughs> so I went to the store. I got what I needed. And I went to work. And like when I say I went to the store and grabbed what I needed, I'm going to be 100% honest with y'all. Like I buy the box stuff. Hear me out, though. I use it as a base. Like my mother, who is the master baker, when I was first starting to learn how to bake, she, you know, I talked to her about it and she said, there's nothing wrong with using box cake as a base. And then she showed me the cheat code or an Easter egg, if you will, <laughs> on how to make the box essentials taste homemade. So nobody, I mean, it's 100% it's satisfaction. Like anybody who had my cupcakes, they would never know it came from a box unless you saw me making it. So, that's your cupcake for today. I don't have a recipe for y'all. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, I, I'm not a good... I don't measure well. <laughs> I, I go by the old, the, um, the old way my ancestors taught me, you know. But strawberry lemonade cupcake, that is your flavor for today. I like this. I like this a lot. Like I like this more than I thought I would. Maybe I should start an in-person book club. 
I'm not sure when I'll have another episode, but I can assure you there will be another one because I'm really digging this this whole vibe and just talking about books and cupcakes like that's dope to me (laughs) what will i be reading or listening to next i have no idea (laughs) it is completely random i have a lot in my library and in my room and i just have books all over the place i just actually added the art of war by sun tzu and my audible So I'll probably listen to that at work this week. I've heard about this book like my entire life, especially from hip hop artists, and I've never read it. So I'm very curious to see what the rage is about about this book, especially among black men. I don't know why they like this book so much, but I I can't wait to listen to it. But Don't hesitate to send me recommendations or if you want to read along with me or, you know, whatever, just reach out to me. Just reach out and I'll tell you what I'm reading or listening to and we can go from there. Groovy. Thank you all for listening and joining me on the first episode of Chapters and Cupcakes. I hope you enjoyed this as much as I did and I can't wait to do it again. Y'all have a good one.